Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity, they tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot, the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and the film that turned you on to them. I'm Michael Stevens. And I'm Shelley Brooks. And oh, we have an exciting, thrilling, chilling guest. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Tell us about this guest. Who, are, who is it, Michael? <laughs> oh, TV writer for Miracle Workers and Best Foot Forward one of the 2022 new faces of the Just for Laughs Festival and expert in all things aunts, Andrew Farmer. <laughs> Clap, children. Hey! Wow. Oh, we're Thank so Thank you excited. all so much. I couldn't be more thrilled to join you here today, Shelly and Michael. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. Uh, and now, for anyone who doesn't understand expert in aunts, uh, then that would mean that you are not following Andrew's amazing social media in which we get the annual treat of um, <laughs> horror movie-related aunts, I guess horror media generally-related oh. aunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I do think, I am I love scary things, and also uh, they impact me very negatively for a long period of time after I watch them. And I, I think it's sort of a self-soothing exercise to go through through um, different horror movies that have terrified me and insert mm -hmm. the calming, encouraging energy of an ant into each one. Uh, and that's kind of a, a, a little gift for me, for myself over uh -huh. the Halloween season. Um, and I'm just thrilled that anyone else is interested in it. I started <laughs> oh, watching them today. Oh, it is a gift today. to us all. <laughs> I started watching them today and the missed one, uh, the missed aunt made me, made me scream. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I, this is my third year doing it. And I didn't, I didn't really think through that to do 31 ants for Halloween every year would get a little hard. And my, my references are getting a little, like, I think next year we're going to head into like Day of the Triffids. Like yeah. it's going to get really like third and fourth run horror or film references a bit esoteric but you know Very we like it esoteric. we like a deep yeah, cut yeah. so yeah. out of all of the aunts you've performed uh which would you say are your top three Mm. Oh my gosh, that's. I mean, I do, I do love them all very much. I, I do think my very favorite aunt um, has to be the psycho aunt, as if Norman Bates were were an were an aunt, and like it's Whoa. the internal monologue is just about how much she thinks the actress who plays Roz from Frasier is so talented, <laughs> and like why hasn't Perry Gilpin gotten her own series? I, um, which is also that. how I feel. <laughs> Yeah, we're all asking the question. Come on. Where's Perry? <laughs> now, another question that I have is approximately how many wigs do you own? Ooh, great okay. question, Shelley. Yes. So this is constantly shifting. I am I, I'm very honored to have people send me wigs, too, which is a thrill. Beautiful. Some wig designers, which is really nice. Some amazing drag performers have sent me wigs, which I so appreciate. Um, and then my high school costuming teacher 
sent me like she like styled and cleaned all of the spare <laughs> wigs that they were like cycling through and sent me a box of like 20 wigs so oh wow shout out, shout out to penny williams um oh, I, I believe the number now is somewhere in the 30s i think i probably have 38 wigs that is incredibly impressive oh my god yeah not many lace fronts not many uh, lace fronts as maybe as well, maybe that is clear from some of the videos but some i would say conservatively about six six lace fronts but that's not much out of the oh amazing deal. you know you've Love. made it in showbiz once you start getting free wigs <laughs> oh boy yeah i that's that's why i that's why i got into this business to begin with. <laughs> After we record, uh, let me get the the address, and I'll I'll mail you some I'll mail you some wigs for next Halloween. Um, I'd love it. Wow, what I got a lot. I gotta get. I, I gotta. <laughs> yeah, we would like to invite all of the listeners, uh, anyone out there, if you have a spare wig, <laughs> please donate. I'll find use for it, and if I can't find use for it, I certainly know someone who can. So that's that. Uh, you know, I consider myself a river to to the wig needing community. It's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Well, <laughs> as much as we love wig talk, uh, our main topic of conversation is going to be something slightly different. Uh, now, Andrew, could you tell us who is your stealth sex symbol this week, and which movie are we going to be focusing on? My stealth sex symbol this week is none other than Vincent Price. In particular, his performance in the classic black and white horror film, House on Haunted Hill. Oh, we love to see it. We uh, recently did Donald Sutherland, so I'm glad that we're adding to our canon of lanky legs in love horror films. a lanky leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do love a lanky leg. I uh, was telling you before we hopped on that this is my first time watching this movie, that it somehow eluded me uh, over the years. But I watched it and then right after rewatched Laura. Uh, in which we also get some great lanky legs from Vincent Price and another weird voice, which is great. <laughs> I isn't it crazy to see tall people on film from back then? <laughs> you know, right. like, I don't know. It just I I just didn't think there were that many tall people back then. And when you see someone tall, it really is like, oh my god, they've always been around. They're you know? monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't trust them. <laughs> uh, so scary. I do think even now, though, it's pretty, pretty rare for an actor to be particularly tall. Yeah, so much to the point that, like, when you do meet a tall actor, it is, it is like, yeah. I, you know, and I, I don't like to, I'm, I'm a very medium height person. I'm 5'11", <laughs> but I come from a family of very tall people. Mm. I have a brother who's 6'6", brother who's 6'2". Whoa! Six foot. Oh, my God. And, yeah, and I really, like... But the funny thing is, all of my all of my best friends growing up were were much shorter than I was. So I've <laughs> always felt like a giant for no reason, really, because I think I'm like I'm I'm a very normal sized person. Right. But yeah. when I do meet someone taller than me, I think I am like, oh my god, it really puts things into perspective. Mm -hmm. um, especially in show business, it's got to be hard. It's hard on the knees. Mm. <laughs> it's hard on the knees. Hard in a plane if you got to travel for work. Hard and on a log flume ride. I mean, the <laughs> list goes on. It's terrible. I constantly think about like the challenges of getting a tall person and a short person in the same frame together. That scene oh. in All About Eve when George Saunders and Baxter like slams open the door. He tells her she's too short for that gesture. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god. I, I mean, a real way to ingratiate my, myself as a guest on the podcast is to immediately bring up All About Eve. So I really appreciate that, <laughs> especially George Saunders and All About Eve. Yeah. Oh, then we are going to have some fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> before we get into the details about this movie, Michael, would you like to give the listeners who might not be familiar a little synopsis? Absolutely. Ooh. Eccentric millionaire Frederick Lauren and his fourth wife, Annabelle, have invited five people to the house on Haunted Hill for a haunted house party. Whoever will stay in the house for one night will earn $10,000 each. As the night progresses, all the guests are trapped inside the house with ghosts, murderers, and other terrors. Ooh. And now you also had an alternate. We've got that one from IMDb. Um, Michael also came up with an alternate synopsis when we were talking this morning. <laughs> I'm going to pause here. If there's like dumb music under playing underneath this one, uh -huh. that would be sick. Oh, of course. Are mm. you kidding me? Perfect. <laughs> of course nope. it will be. Nope. 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 All right. This is about five broke white people who are conned into a millionaire's twisted sex ritual for 10,000 bones. They'll do anything for a dollar. <laughs> 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 
that's it. I mean, that really is it. That's all you need to know. Getting right to the point. We we love yeah. it. I want to do a uh, revisionist take on this movie about uh, just like five different black people who got the same invitation and were just like, nah. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's 1959. Um, we're dealing with racism. <laughs> do yeah, not I trust the situation. I don't have time to go up into the hills <laughs> in this house. Yeah, makes no sense. It's called Hot uh, Hill. that's your first warning (laughs) i always think it's so funny that it's not a haunted house on the hill it's on a haunted hill any (laughs) any any house on that hill i guess in turn would become haunted yeah i guess (laughs) i enjoyed that Mm -hmm. and i like the design choices i like that you have this frank lloyd wright house which we won't discuss in a moment uh as the exterior and then you've got a spooky victorian mansion inside Oh my gosh! What a twist! I mean, who? I mean, if Frank Lloyd Wright made choices like that, I mean that, then I would have some respect. <laughs> then people would maybe still be talking about his yeah. ass. But <laughs> went the way of the dodo. What a fucking loser! <laughs> well, speaking of Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, that's going to be something that comes up in our next little game. Oh. Now, Andrew. <sighs> We don't like to just jump right in. We like to get a little a little warmed up, a little slick before we get started. Yeah. And we do that with something called the sexy trivia game. Well, trying to time to stretch my arms. Mm. Oh boy. Man, I'm not mm. 25 no more. Mm. <laughs> I'm putting on my comfy pants. Oh, oh boy. You minx, you minx. No. Very nice. Michael, would you like to get us started with a bit of sexy trivia? Absolutely. Letter A. (laughs) Exterior shots of the haunted house, primarily during the opening sequence, were filmed at the Ennis Brown House, located in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Designed by Frank Lloyd Wright and built In 1924, it is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Mm. Pretty good. (laughs) Got another one for you. Oh, yeah. The skeleton that rises from the vat of acid is a real human skeleton. What? Like most movies, it was simply faster and cheaper to buy a real human skeleton from a biological supply house than having one created by the special effects department. You mean to tell me human bones are worthless? What? Well, you don't have to make a human skeleton. True. (laughs) They're already made. Their mama made them. (laughs) Then why are we making them in the first place? (laughs) How do you make a bone? (laughs) Terrible for the environment. Bring us on home, Shelly. I will, I will. I just coughed. In some first-run theaters, a system of wires and pulleys were installed to fly a skeleton over the audience at a key moment in the film. In his autobiography, producer and director William Castle called the apparatus Immergo. And they actually did that at Film Forum right here at NYC. Wow. What? Oh, I didn't know they actually did the skeleton. That's so cool. They did the skeleton. The programmer there, uh, Bruce Goldstein, he loves uh, uh. little tricks during movies. So <laughs> He's done a, several William Castle movies, including The Tingler, also with Vincent oh, Price. Man. That's another <laughs> really great one. Wow. Oh, yeah. We love a gimmick, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew, tell us, what is your history with House on Haunted Hill? Okay, so I saw House on Hunted Hill when I was very, very young. I, th- I believe I was four years old. Um, my dad is a big old monster movie fan. Um, and there was a day, like, like there was a day, I think, where my dad took me and my brothers to, like, an arcade. We were kind of having a dad day. And then we got home. Me too, me too. We got home and he surprised us with a VHS of House on Haunted Hill. And I already really liked spooky stuff, but most of my, like, access points at that point were it was still like Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein mm-hmm. still a decidedly like <laughs> wading in through comedy to find my way into horror um and 
I do feel like in watching House on Hound Hill, something really like cracked open where I saw Vincent Price and all my brothers um, were high school athletes and mm-hmm. like, you know, class presidents and very kind of like, like type A all American mm-hmm. boys. Yep. And in the way that they might have like idolized Magic Johnson or Scottie Pippen or Larry Bird, like I saw Vincent Price and was like, okay, I think that's what I'm going for. Like, I, I was like, <laughs> yes. I think that's where, that's where we're sort of headed. And it was so... It was so in, like, it was such an uh, influential moment in my life that shortly after that point, um, I went to go get a haircut, and it was the first time that my mom was like, "You can tell the barber what you want," and I told the barber, "Make me look like Vincent Price," and I kind of haven't changed my haircut since then. I think I've roughly had the same. It's not. It's certainly not as defined. There's not as much like hair tonic that uh-huh. I'm using that, that he used. Um, and then, like, I, you know, I was in Catholic school and elementary school and in my first grade talent show, mm. I, um, I, my, like, act was mm. impersonating Vincent Price. <laughs> it was, like, a smoking jacket with, like, a pencil-thin mustache. I, oh I mean, I, I suppose that's also a way to fully out myself as homosexual. But, um, <laughs> uh, and, and I think that, and it was, like, a movie that, like, I would invite friends over as a, as a little, little kid and be like, I mean, oh. this is it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. this is... <laughs> This is the movie, you know, oh. for us. And I and God love the children of Laconia, New Hampshire at the time, because everyone was pretty game. Everyone was like, okay, yeah, no, I really do enjoy this movie. Um and yeah, I, I think my relationship to it is it scared me very much. Um, uh-huh. but also I like Vincent Price became this like um not, I guess Idol would be a strange, almost like it felt like a mentor that didn't exist anymore. Mm. You know, like, um, and then w- when he died yeah. in 1993, um, I, I forget if I was like in, in school or daycare, but my parents let me take the day off. I was like, I, it was like a day of mourning. Where truly I was like, I need, I think it was school because I think he died around October. We like stayed home (laughs) and I think I like wore black. I I don't know. He just, and the like that was, it's so funny because that was the beginning of my relationship with it, which was like completely divorced from sexuality entirely. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is only more recently, um, you know, as I'm in my mid thirties and kind of like, uh, you know, having a greater appreciation for people who are in their sort of daddydom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been like, oh wow, like what an attractive man. Yeah. And yeah. like and also like what a sexy character. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, it is funny that you say that you kind of your entry point was like horror comedy. Cause I mean, while this movie is like spooky and it's got a lot of good scares, it's also campy and it's funny, and he's got so many great little bits, like when he's like shaking up the champagne, he looks like he's like jerking off. And, like... <laughs> and how many times he says, She's so amusing. Yeah. So <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No, it's incredible. And like the scenery is like, you remember the fun we had when you poisoned me? <laughs> yes. These are two these are two spouses who have been trying to kill each other this whole time, which is kind of like what I imagine um, you know, Vincent Price later in life or after he died posthumously, his his daughter who's a who's a, a queer um writer and scholar mm-hmm. uh you know, she revealed that her father was bisexual, that yeah. Vincent Price was bisexual, which kind of aligns with there's a very famous um i mean he described himself as like a famous hollywood pimp he he was you know a renowned hollywood sex worker in sort of the golden age of hollywood Mm -hmm. and in his book he wrote these like very it's like unclear how how real or apocryphal all these stories are Mm -hmm. but he wrote this but most of them were like kind of digs at celebrities to like undo their reputation Mm -hmm. and for vincent price what he wrote is that like, well, yeah, I tricked with Vinny for several years and he was like always very pleasant and gentle and mm. like a perfect gentleman. Like <laughs> it was like such a nice, lovely way of describing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's a funny thing where like later on in my life, as I've like, I knew nothing about his, like, I, I knew he was kind of like a queer icon because mm. he's like a cultured yeah. Um, well-dressed, like, art-loving, camp, Famous you know. cook. <laughs> yes, oh yeah. my gosh. But then the reveal of, like, he was on the board of, he was a, an honorary board member of PFLAG. Like, mm-hmm. it's rare, it's rare to learn more about an actor from that time period and like them more and more. <laughs> yeah. um, and I do. But but also, like, that's, that's, then surprises the human. But in this movie, like, yeah, he's, he's very sexy. It's crazy. 
Yeah. And I was reading a Logo interview with his daughter. She talked about how he was married three times and his third wife apparently was openly bisexual as well. Yeah, Cora. Uh, yeah and like i yeah yeah, i love that and it's so funny that like they seemingly had this very idyllic marriage uh but he's also got he seems like he's in a bisexual marriage in this movie but (laughs) fully (laughs) terrifying one i was like the the like banter and constantly trying to kind of kill each other but being like but did i try to kill you feels very much like the fun that you'd have in like a bisexual marriage Uh it's kind of the ideal it's kind of the ideal i i i oof I figured that once he said, like, that's a very fun, that's a very fetching outfit, but hardly suitable <laughs> for a party. I was like, that's a very specific opinion. I know that. I know that yeah. life. <laughs> fetching. Yeah. I, I also, it, I saw House on Haunted Hill so young that I remember when I was watching a scary movie, it was sort of like, I was just like, okay, everything in this movie is scary and things mm-hmm. don't really have to make sense. And when Vincent Price says the line, like, have you put your face on yet, darling? I was like, she can take her face off. Okay. Like, and that was just a thing where I was like, we don't see that, but this is a couple in which she can take her face off and yeah. put it on again. And that's fine because it's a scary movie and everything in it is scary. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So I'm guessing based on your like morning period after the passing of Vincent Price and your general knowledge that like, you know, a lot about the horror films that he's especially known for. Have you oh, yeah. like dug into like the other parts of his career? Cause I, like I mentioned earlier, I watched Laura, uh, rewatched it. Yeah. And like, it's interesting Laura's seeing him so outside great. of the like Roger Corman, William Castle context. Totally. I, I mean, I will admit that the majority of, of experience that I have with, with Vincent Price's work is through his horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, he did, he's, he did like some kind of sword and sandal ones. I forget if it was the like 10 commandments, mm-hmm. but he like plays a Pharaoh or someone in a, in a, like a biblical, uh, a biblical movie, <laughs> which really is fun. very funny to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've always wanted to see, he like started off, he was a stage actor and, mm-hmm. um, he kind of like hit the scene with a, with a big Broadway run and he got cast in a lot of rom-coms, which I've been dying to see like <laughs> early Vincent Price rom-coms mm-hmm. because what could be weirder than that? Like it makes, he's such a, he's such um an aristocratic person mm-hmm. that somehow putting him in a horror, like no matter how campy it is, he classes mm-hmm. it up, but imagining mm-hmm. him like in a movie where he's like, Hey, you've got, you, you picked up my hat. Like, I'm just like, I don't know about this. I yeah. About this, Vincent. Well, it's funny, even in Laura, he plays like the big dopey hunk. He's like a, you know, an oil baron or something from Arizona. And you just walking around and be like, well, I don't know about your city folk. That is so, it's so weird to see that. Oh, man. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've actually listened to a lot of his radio work, which oh, I cool. highly recommend. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some hits? So, okay. There's one, I think it's called Three Skull Key. Mm-hmm. which is like a, one of the most crazy ass like short stories. And it is about, it's like a first, it's like a first person telling in the moment, like it's happening as he's saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on a short French story. I don't, I don't remember the author, but it's like three uh, lighthouse keepers <laughs> and they see a big ship coming straight towards them. And mm-hmm. they notice that there's no one on the ship, but they see movement all around it. And they realize the ship is completely overrun with rats and the (laughs) ship crashes into the little island that the lighthouse is on and the whole island becomes overrun with rats. They're like crawling up the lighthouse. Um, And it is insane. And, and the only way, the only way that they are saved is that like another ship passes by and all Mm -hmm. the rats like swim out to that ship and kill everybody. Um, Whoa. Yeah. He also, there's, uh, there's, he does this, um, there's this story called Thus I Refute Beelzey, which mm-hmm. I had on a record when I was a little kid that my parents must have had from back in the day. Amazing. That is such a strange – it's like – it feels like it's for children, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. about it's about a little – it's about like parents discussing a little kid who has an invisible friend mm-hmm. um, and the gradual revelation that like the invisible friend is Satan – and the dad, the dad then goes to spank the kid. And there's like, it's described by like, there was a sound of the sky tearing open. Um, Jesus. And all that was found of the father was a shoe on the landing of the stairs with the foot still inside. Oh, no. And I remember being like, like it's just, I, I, it's so funny to me because I grew up in like a fairly conservative, like Catholic household. Yeah. And yet my parents also really liked Vincent Price. 
It's and so funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love those stories. He's great. He's really, really great. Do you think there's a connection between growing up in a Catholic household and it, that kind of spooky stuff? Because Catholicism oh is kind God. of spooky. Catholicism really, is it spooky is, as hell. It certainly, I, I certainly would say it, 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 it really gives the other sects of Christianity a run for their money in terms of spookiness. It, I mean, it's a lot of ghosts. It's a lot of eating bodies. Yep. It's a mm-hmm. lot of uh, kind of vigils and late night and quite like mm-hmm. um, I was an altar server for several years and that was very spooky. Like not, not in a, obviously the sex yeah. abuse yeah. was horrible, you know, uh, but like from a standpoint of like everyone's in white robes with yeah. like incense, it, it, it's a very eerie, mm-hmm. it's a very eerie religion. As a um, oof, I 100% relate. As a lapsed Catholic, um, I was always a big fan of the aesthetic, um, but like mass, I was just kind of like, it's good. I just yeah. cut, shave off two, shave off two hours, and we got it. We got a perfect yeah, show. Yeah, let, let's trim a little bit of the fat. We we can lose the creed. Let's lose the let's lose the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. I, we don't need it. We yeah. already know. We're saying a lot of other prayers. Exactly. Let's tighten it up. Exactly. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah, even as someone who grew up like Southern Baptist with like very like fire and brimstone stuff, yeah. like I do think that that primes you to like accept horror as a genre. Like, you guys have the pageantry; is. we had this sort of like <laughs> horrifying, like Grand Guignol sort of. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Blood. That life. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, that is, and that is a really funny thing too. Like when you think about the era in which a lot of Vincent Price's movies were being released, like. Mm. I think what what fascinates me about it is like he he was part of this like gothic renaissance which is happening mm-hmm. like in the late 50s into the turmoil and like cultural shifts of the 60s mm-hmm. um and like Vincent Price the actor is like a major progressive and was at you know um at the helm of a lot of of like major movements that a lot of other actors were kind of scared to voice mm-hmm. particularly someone who like had the popularity you know that he had from a from a sense of like he wasn't a prestige actor mm-hmm. it would be sort of like if john cena were like the most vocal <laughs> now about you know trans rights like it just yeah. it's right. like a thing where it's like uh, it, it it it's such a strange risk to be like mm-hmm. people like teenagers come see me in like drive-ins yeah. and like i'm going to make the choice to um be on the right side of history <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no, he's yeah, great. He's great. I was reading earlier that I mean, I because I'd always wondered because I knew some of his like earlier movies that were maybe slightly more prestige, and then I knew that he had like become sort of like the main face of you know, like I was saying, the Roger Corman's, the William Castles. Um, I was reading earlier that apparently he was like quote unquote gray listed um, during the McCarthy trials. Yeah. Um, so yes, I wonder if that's maybe also partially an explanation for that sort of like move in his career to like less sort of, I guess, prestigious projects. Totally. Yeah. And and I think it's like, I really, I really love that era. Like I, you know, I'm a big Boris Karloff fan. I love mm. Bella Lugosi. I even love like Lon Chaney Jr. Like mm. there are all of these really great performers there who, you know, understandably like some felt self-conscious about the success they achieved in like the horror genre Mm. and felt a little trapped by it. And I think like what I have so much, I have so much respect for Vincent Price too, because like he never disparaged that work Mm. and he found his, he found like the enrichment in his life in other areas, like as Mm. a, as a um, booster of like American gallery artists <laughs> or like indigenous artists. Like yeah. he was someone who um, like acting truly for him was fun in addition mm-hmm. to being his job. And I think like he, I, I really appreciate how he had a sense of humor about it always and never was like, um, never kind of performed the thing of like, Oh, I'm in all these stupid things, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's interesting you bring up the art because one thing that I found so cool is that uh, apparently he and his second wife did the first, I think, private donation of like a large art collection to a community college. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, that sort of like democratizing impulse along with the sort of like highbrow interest, I think is such a charming part about him. (laughs) And I do. It's like it is a thing that I do find very sexy. Like Mm -hmm. his I don't know if, if, if you have ever heard of like his the Vincent Price Sears collection. Have you heard of this? No. Mm-hmm. So um, I forget what I, I suppose it'd be in the late fifties, mid sixties mm-hmm. um, where he 
he, he uh, gallery art in America was really struggling, mm-hmm. and um, he had this amazing collection. And he had become familiar with all of these amazing artists across the country, many of whom like were not living in rural areas mm-hmm. or weren't weren't very well connected. And um, he forged this deal with like the department store Sears, mm-hmm. where he supported thousands of artists. Each Sears would have um, a gallery in it where wow. people could buy not not just prints, but like original artwork of artists like all across America. What? And and his like philosophy behind it, there's a really great there's a really great YouTube video that mm-hmm. is like training Sears employees of how to encourage people to buy art. Oh and his God. big thing is he's like, I think it's really important for um for people of like all incomes in America to own a piece of art. And there is art that they can buy that is theirs. And like to support artists and to, you know, to have art in a home for your children to appreciate. Yeah. Um, that, that what he, I mean, there were certainly some, there were certainly like in every gallery, there would be like a, a an early Picasso or some, mm-hmm. you know, some wildly expensive piece, but most of them were like, um, like folk artists, regional oh. artists. And, and all of these, all of these gallery artists in America have like credited Vincent Price with not only like supporting them through a very difficult time, um, but also in like giving them access to people uh, in a time like before the internet, you know, Um, and in a time before like museums were actively searching for artists that didn't come from like Mm. uh, major metropolitan areas. And I, I I don't know something about something about that, that social awareness and also like Mm. encouraging, uh, encouraging independent artists. That's very hot to me. (laughs) Yeah, this might be the first episode of this podcast where I cry. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> That's so hot! It's very hot. It's oh, hot. Wow, I'm learning <laughs> so much about Vincent Price today, y'all. Really? Um, yeah. Um, my introduction to this actor was—I'm very embarrassed to say—was um, well, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna hold this for now because oh. I don't want to spoil my trivia. Ooh, um, okay, okay. exciting. <laughs> so you were aware of Vincent Price from a very young age. When do you mm. think like the switch turned from being like, this is an interesting guy to like, oh, this is someone that I'm like attracted to? Yeah, so probably, like I think probably the first like moment I was like, huh, this is interesting. <laughs> Um, because I I was sort of, I was sort of late in terms of, in terms of like fully understanding that I was gay. I think I was like, well, I'm somewhere in the spectrum there. And, um, uh, but I remember like kind of in my early teenage years, I think it was the first time I'd seen, um, his adaptation of mask of the red death, which is weird. That's like not a sexy term. Yeah. He was like old by that point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fully, (laughs) fully old and, and not, and pretty decidedly like not my type. But I remember, I remember like being like, wow, he just has like such a good voice. And I think voices are very sexy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like, I think one of the most, it's not mortifying. It just is, it just is the <laughs> truth. Like, I think as a kid that there would be times and I'd be like, huh. And very often it would have to do with voices. Like mm-hmm. I remember Max Goof's voice from a Goofy movie. Oh <laughs> my God. Yes. I, I was like, what's going on with that voice? I'm interested in that voice. <sighs> Would love to be, and I was not interested in knowing what the person like. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't find Max Goof attractive, and I was not interested in knowing what the actor who played Max Goof looked like. I was uh-huh. just like, something about the voice is good. Um, but in seeing Mask of the Red Death, probably when I was like thirteen, I remember then like just out of curiosity, like looking up on 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 uh, Google, like mm-hmm. Vincent Price Young. And then being like, okay. And he has he has those like glamour shots from like the early nineteen mm. thirties where like everyone looks really great, everyone's oh, skin yeah. looks amazing, you know, like um and boy oh boy. Really, really kind of went down a rabbit hole there. But I don't truth be told, I don't think I fully contended with the absolute sexiness of Vincent Price mm-hmm. until I recently I had kind of a steamy dream about him. Not in like it was it was not um we're not talking naked stuff. Yeah, yeah. Where okay. where are we in this dream? Okay, over I the pants a, only. This I I really treasure this dream too. But it it felt it really felt like the mind my mind giving me a gift um, oh. when I needed it most. It was within the past like three or four months, I would say, like late summer. Okay, and really? I had a dream that my husband and I were 
not like magically transported, but we were like at a like late 1950s kind of all about Eve type social party. Hot. Um, and we realized that like Vincent Price was hosting it. And he like very gallantly and very non-aggressively was like, I want you both to know I'm um, I'm very attracted to you both. And if you would like to stick around, you're more than welcome to. Also, like, if we just want to be social friends, that's completely fine too. But that is how you, know, you do like, it. Oh, he was like, he was like, the interest is the, the, the line that got me. He was like, he was like, the interest is there. <gasps> and I was like, oh my gosh. And that's <laughs> wild. That's so was your brain. That was your brain. That was my brain. And I, I don't, I really don't think I'd ever fully before that point been like, man, I would really love to knock boots with Vincent Price. But in that <laughs> moment, like everything kind of really came into focus. Oh. And, and especially over this past Halloween season of revisiting a lot of his movies, I'm like, mm-hmm. there, there really was like, he never, like he never really lost it. Like yeah. oh, no. even when he is drifting from type to type, mm-hmm. like, there is something sexy about him in every era. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Even Edward Scissorhands. It. Like, oh, <laughs> he's yeah. old oh, as hell God. in that movie, and he's Absolutely. still. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the gravitas. He played, he, he was in, I think his last, or one of his last movies was a movie maybe called The Whales of August or something. Okay. Um, uh, where he plays, like, a, a, an old Russian, like, oh. like, uh, like, it, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because I think it has I think it has Betty Davis in it too. Oh my um, god! Whales of August. The Whales of August is a 1987, so it wasn't his last movie. But um, Vincent Price has a peripheral member of the former Russian aristocracy, <laughs> and it starred Betty Davis, Lillian Gish, and Anne <gasps> Southern. In addition to Vincent Price, Lillian Gish was still alive in 1987. Yes. <laughs> That's insane. That is true. This woman was born in 1893. Oh my god. Oh my wow. god. Keep getting that paycheck, Lillian Gish. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, money. Booking it. Yeah. That's Get those incredible. sag points. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm definitely gonna have to watch this movie. But man, I love that. Like this crush truly came to you in a dream. That this is, is. It really did. It really did. That's How did amazing. you feel the next day? Did you like wake up and immediately light a cigarette in bed? <laughs> I, I like I like shook my husband awake, and I was like, "I gotta tell you this thing that happened." Um, that happened. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, yeah. It it, it it really felt like it felt like you know like teenage like nineteen fifties teenager with like a telephone being like, "Guess yeah. what?" You know, like hi, Margie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It really it really was, and and it was to the point that I was like. Man, it's such a bummer to not have uh, to not have overlapped on the planet with him, um, oh, yeah, but in, in in a meaningful way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a and 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 I think like I didn't I didn't know the stuff about um, the description of him as like you know a total gentleman and a class mm. act all the way until afterwards, and I was like, I somehow <laughs> like divined that because yeah. that was the experience. Yeah, and I, and I'm almost glad that it didn't get to like the X-rated stuff in there because yeah. I think like living in that moment of like we're gonna stay at Vincent Price's house and yeah. he's we're not going to have sex like he's going to make love to us. Yeah. Oh. oh my really god! That. Imagine that man lighting your cigarette I mean, <laughs> in a nice black and white close up. Oof. And just and and imagine afterwards where he's like, "Would you like to see some paintings?" Like I would ah! love that. Oh my god. <laughs> When he makes you breakfast, come on! Yeah, I'm, his cookbook is astounding, by the way. He also has a really great. My dad, uh, very kindly, a few years ago for Christmas, got me a signed, an autographed copy of his. Um, it's not really an autobiography. It's a book called um, "I Like What I Know and I Know What I Like," um, which is Perfect. the best. And it, 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 like, what I love about it so much is he, I don't think ever talks about his horror movies. Mm. He talks about like his relationship to art, like how to be a good host, how to be like a responsible member of a society that supports artists. Like it really is. It's great. It's great. Highly recommend. Oh, that's like, this is the kind of like aristocratic old money guy I can get behind. You're decent about it too. It's the type I'm interested in. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I I don't want anyone brooding. I don't want anyone. (laughs) I I really don't need someone to be totally (laughs) self-loathing. If someone is going to be, have an aristocratic air, 
they're going to be like, I'm going to put my money to good use to better, to better a society. (laughs) Yeah. I'll enjoy Um, nice things and take care of other people. I don't need an army hammer style old money guy. (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't want to get eaten. Yeah. I don't want to get eaten. And uh, that, and you know what? That, that's the ultimate twist because Vincent Price was not a cannibal. This is true. He, <laughs> might, he might play one now and then. Ultimately, much less scary than Army Hammer. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> uh, that's true. Okay, so I'm very curious. We've talked a lot about Vincent Price. That's what we're here to talk about. But, um, what is your usual type? So the the biggest twist of all is that my usual type is very much kind of a not what you'd think a Vincent Price type to be. Yeah. I I really love um I love people who are handy. I love kind of like Same. outdoorsy people. Uh. Um I I think I you know I'm a I'm I'm a writer and comedian and so it's really <laughs> appealing to me to 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 like i i'm really into kind people (laughs) like i know i know this all sounds like very i know this all sounds like very eye-rolling but like i think i think those are i also really like um i mean it's funny i I have i have a pretty like broad bandwidth of like physical types Mm. but i think i kind of there's something i enjoy about um someone who like is never putting on airs yeah mm. and i and i and and maybe like the overlap of vincent price is like i like i like people who have like a calming presence mm. and aren't um like I, I, sweaty not in a physical way like <laughs> the, you don't get this sense that like everything is an effort you know yeah. um, so, ooh, so i love that in terms of uh actors or even characters who are some that kind of fit into this um, criteria? Great. So it's like kind of going in order of people who like left an impression on me um, that again, like it, maybe these were not things that were conscious crushes, but like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think in early years, I kind of gra- I kind of gravitated towards like, like what we would think of now as like himbo types, which <laughs> I think is, which I, I like I fully respect, fully respect, um, <laughs> People who are like, I am a himbo. I think that's great. Um, but I think it can be a little bit reductive. I think I remember the the son from Family Matters named Eddie. Eddie. I remember being like, yeah, <laughs> I remember being like, this guy's just out here trying. And yeah. um, oh, Darius McCray. Yes, Darius McCray. Oh, my God. And that and that, that like someone who someone who is like he makes mistakes but like he tells the truth and he's earnest you know like he's really trying was, to be a good kid yeah 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 <laughs> and i think i think that was appealing to me early on um i definitely like then as time went on i remember a, a very weird moment for me i remember seeing gladiator as a kid mm. and being like i guess i want to be friends with market like with with uh what's his name Maximus like I was yeah. like I guess I want to be friends with this person I guess I don't know what I don't know why I want this really sure. yeah like and I think I think sometimes like people who let their actions speak louder than words I think mm. I was kind of drawn to clearly I I talk so much that I think there's something appealing to me about that um also a big formative and I've I, I this has been all over my social media in the past um there was a series of books called the Bailey school kids and it would be like vampires don't wear polka dots. Um, (laughs) You know, like Martians don't take your temperature or whatever. (laughs) Um, And there was one called werewolves don't go to summer camp. And I, I, I am, I can't describe to you how erotically this character is described. Um, the the cover image of which I like this up. <laughs> it, I I just don't know how to I, like I I I think I've tweeted about it in the past. Uh-huh. I definitely have tweeted about it in the past. And the funny thing is, is that like the furry community online found it and they were like, uh-huh. uh, exactly. And it's so funny to me like that overlap where like furrydom isn't my thing. Yeah. But I was like, it's so funny that what 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 that community was like appealed to is like this is a person who's turning into a wolf. Yeah. I think it's great. And from but for me, I was like. It's just describing this like hulking camp counselor who's very oh. hairy and has a beard and is constantly like eating hot dogs and saying things like nothing wrong with this meat. Like it just was it was written and illustrated in such a way that I was like, 
what was going on with these two <laughs> women who wrote this book? Like, oh it, my god! Oh my god! But again, I remember, I remember oh reading god. it and 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 like again, it wasn't it wasn't like a sexual response, but I was like. Mm-hmm. I am something is happening here. So like, I, yeah. I pulled it up. I have. Um, let me know if this is like if this if I found the right thing. Right. Um, I'm look. So there's an illustration of a character, Mr. Jenkins. He is mm-hmm. fucking shredded. Um, <laughs> his arms. He's got like a. Uh, like. Oh whoa! Who, I'm looking now too. So you know the guy from uh, like. Brett Goldstein, I think, um, yeah, kind of hair, vibe. Brett Goldstein. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Mr. Jenkins had hair everywhere. There was enough hair on his head for three people, and his thick beard would have made five bald men happy. Yeah. Even his arms were covered with a forest of black hair. Whoa. Oh, and, wow. and at one point, it's like he had the sort of arms that could like rip a kid in half and i was like oh my god like like and again it was just like a weird like as a as a as a eight-year-old reading this i was like something it like had no idea what to do with this information took me a long time to put this into context because also then it's like i exclusively dated women like all throughout college and everything so like uh-huh. i just was like something was going on with that book i don't know him eating the, this hot dog is why oh, oh my god this is crazy <laughs> that image is one of the most nutso images i've ever seen but um then after like years after my husband and i had got married and been together several years before that like I, I, we found that book in my uh-huh. childhood bedroom. We were visiting oh my, my family and I realized like my husband looks just <laughs> like, like the cover image of the oh book. And so much to the point that this, this Halloween, very kindly, my husband, Chris went as the cover of werewolves. Don't go to summer camp. Oh, That's amazing. And That's so just sweet. Like a, I mean, it really was nuts. It really was nuts. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to go full. It gets better here, but I, I think it's like, you know, there's someone out there for everybody, and you're gonna find your book cover that gave you complicated feelings as a kid. Oh my god! Amazing! Oh my gosh! And listener, if you do decide to Google "werewolves don't go to summer camp," one of the first things that come up will be Andrew's tweet thread, <laughs> <laughs> in which we have some amazing screenshots and pictures of the most erotically charged images I've ever seen. It is, yeah. and, and and someone else, I feel like it maybe was on Tumblr or maybe on Twitter, but <laughs> someone posted that all of the covers of the Bailey School Kids books just look like kids looking shocked at queer people. <laughs> and it is, like, there's one there's one called Dracula Doesn't Drink Pink Lemonade, and it's like it's like the most circuit gay you've ever seen Dracula. Oh like, drinking pink, pink lemonade with his legs crossed and then and then they're like it, you know it's not just it's not just like you know mask presenting characters either it's like all of the like there's one that's called like sea monsters don't ride dirt bikes and it's like uh, again like like the, uh, what i imagine would be like the platonic ideal of like a strong woman like it just oh my god i, I highly recommend looking that up there's a very kind of queer adjacent cyclops yes oh um, cyclops genie. doesn't roller skate uh yeah, genies. I think maybe genies don't ride bicycles. That one, very. Um, yeah, like something was going on there in those covers, and and I went as pirates don't wear pink sunglasses, nice. who also you know kind of on the on the cusp of being like a bear icon. Uh-huh. But um, we, my husband, and I posted a picture of it on Halloween, and the original illustrator like commented like, "Okay, love it," and he is a straight man, like. I think it's great. Oh my god! He must be a little confused that I'm like queer icons. Yes, <laughs> like you know. Oh my gosh! No, he should take it as a point of pride, right up there with I the Babadook. So. Yeah. I really hope so. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. like which studio has the rights to this franchise? Oh, who's, who's I have, it? I have been dogged, pursu- oh. like trying to find, and it is it like. Every time I've tried to go down this road, we reach some dead end. It feels like it would be the per- like. Imagine that as a series that would just be like a rotating celebrity plant, like chewing the scenery as any number. Like I, it just would be great. I would. Yes. I would watch the shit out of this. Um, yeah, <laughs> It'd be amazing. This is perfect for streaming. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. Really. Look, ah, uh, and there's so many people in the community who would get jobs. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I listen. Yeah, speaking of supporting artists. Come on. <laughs> let's get it out there. All right. Let's do it. If you need any help or support, like p- pushing for these rights, <laughs> if you, you need me to go knock down, <laughs> kick down doors. Um, that is very kind. We are Look, on the job. <laughs> I'm not the smartest or the strongest, but I'm very persistent. No, you're you're an ally I'd want to have. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> well, that is amazing. Now, Michael, I think that you have another little game for us. Do you not? Yes, I do. <laughs> Ooh, we got a voice already. <laughs> oh, very good. This game is called "This Price Is Right." <laughs> it's Vincent Price trivia. I will ask questions about Vincent Price, and if you feel you have the correct answer, you will buzz in by calling out your name and saying the answer. You must play the game in the demeanor of Vincent Price or someone high society with a transatlantic accent. (laughs) If you break character, you die. (laughs) Are we ready? Ready. We're Ready. ready? We're ready. All right, good. I just wanted to make sure no one loses any points before I ask the question. (laughs) All right. Question number one. Before becoming a famous actor, Vincent Price attended which Ivy League university? Shelley. Yale. Correct. 200 points for Shelley. English major, art history minor. Question number two. Vincent Price's grandfather. I'm turning into Morgan Freeman. (laughs) There is is a commonality between the two, I will say, in terms of the impression. There is. I have to I have to do something. I have to do something. I think I'm doing something else. I I think I have it now. Yes. Question number two. Roll the R's. Roll the R's. Yes. Okay. I'm losing points. Uh, Vincent Price's grandfather <laughs> secured the family fortune by inventing which baking ingredient? Keyword, baking. Andrew? Yes. Baking powder? Correct. 200 oh. points for Andrew. Hey. <laughs> he invented the first cream of tartar-based baking powder. Mm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. In what context would how one a, use cream of tartar baking powder? It's pretty much just for snickerdoodles, and I think that's it. Yep. <laughs> Question number three. One of Price's ancestors was the first white child born in Massachusetts as he was born aboard this English ship which took pilgrims to the New World. What is oh, the name? Deadly. Yes. The Mayflower? Ding, ding. 200 I, points for Shelley. I also didn't know that. Mm, I'm learning so much about Vincent. Mm-hmm. Question number four. Mm. Though known for his horror movie roles, he's also had to earn his bones to pay the rent in commercials for Tylex, the board game Stay Alive, and this Nabisco cookie brand. Y'all don't need cookies? <laughs> Andrew. Yes. <laughs> Miller wafers? Oh, I'm sorry. Your answer is incorrect. Uh, Jelly, you have the opportunity to steal. Guess a cookie. Jelly, chips ahoy. Chips, aco- chips ahoy is correct. Kelly, you now have. I'm trying to think how they would work a spooky angle into Chips Ahoy, but. (laughs) No idea. I suppose it's possible. Something to YouTube. Are your cookies stale? (laughs) (laughs) Are your chips overboard? Yeah. Final question. Question number five Vincent Price guest starred in episodes of Batman in the 1960s. As this exceptional villain. Andrew. Yes. Egg Egghead. Yes, <laughs> this is correct. And uh, uh, big twist. Uh, this is my favorite question because Batman is involved. Uh, as everyone knows, I'm famously a big Batman stan. So this question was worth 800 points. Oh my goodness. Drew, you it's win. It's only fair. It's only fair. <laughs> what a twist befitting 
I'm a price head. <laughs> wow. I I do there there are a lot of those characters that I wish we would see more of. I I was just I was rewatching some old episodes and Glennis Johns, who I love very much, who plays oh, the yes. mom from Mary Poppins, yeah. plays a character called Penelope Pea Soup, and she and her <laughs> brother are like British themed villains. And oh their weapon God. is just that they have fog that comes out of their umbrellas. So dumb. And they and they're training. They have a they have like a um um an etiquette school where they train young women to be thieves. Oh, <laughs> imagine. Crazy. You're like in rehearsal for the original Broadway production of A Little Night Music, and you get a call from your agent <laughs> saying, "Miss Johns, we'd like to offer you Penelope P. Soup." That's and and that exact vibe is what I feel like the Bailey School Kids series could be. Like, oh, just, like, yes, just get all these prestige actors in there to play a monster terrorizing children in a rural town. Oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> we got to make this happen. We absolutely have to. Uh, well, this was just a delight, Andrew. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh what, man, I, what a treat. I really, I'm, I can't tell you how lovely a time I had with both of you. This has been such a joy, and I hope yeah. I didn't talk your ears off. No, please. That's if anything, point. I wish we could stay longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish we'd done a silent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just really about a guest listening. You know, I'm do, exactly. trying to do a lot of, a lot more listening on podcasts. Like, yeah. Uh, but no, this is you both are so are such wonderful hosts, and, and oh. I just have had such a one a, like the most perfect time here. Thank you so much thank for you so having me. Oh, and you. where can our listeners find you? What should they look forward to? Uh, where can they find you on social media? So on social media, my my handle is at that's a jellyfish, which I I just <laughs> I made social media before I knew about having a career at all. No, and I, that's a jellyfish. That is just that's how it's mm-hmm. gonna go. Um, you, you can find my, you can find my JFL set on meta, which I, I certainly don't have access to, but if you do, I think that's great. Um, and I'm, I'm a writer and and performer on this show coming out next year uh, on Freeform called Praise Petey. It's created by Anna Dresden, who is one of the funniest people I know. Um, she used to be head writer on SNL and it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great animated show with a bunch of talented, funny people. Um, and yeah, check it out on Freeform sometime in 2023. Keep an eye out. And oh. in the meantime, go back and listen to Andrew's podcast with Anna, um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Pod, which is always a delight. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this has been so fun. And you guys know you can find us at Everyone is Hot Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's uh, one as in numeral one, not O-N-E. Uh, so follow us. And Michael, where can they give us some feedback? Oh, so if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, rate us five stars. Wherever you can rate us five stars, rate us five stars. Um, Anything less than that um, is immediate excommunication from our community. (laughs) It's useless to us, and we don't want it. It, We don't want it. It's so easy to give five stars, folks, and and this show deserves every one of those stars. (laughs) Give it to them. Give me the stars. Thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, this has been so, so fun. Uh, Join us next week. And in the meantime, Michael, what can everyone do? Stay horny. Horny. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.